Welcome, gang, to the latest TMG interview, talking movies with good people. And that's just what I have circling the table here in the Admirals Club. Paul Preston here welcoming a return guest to the show. She appeared back in 2016 when she was promoting her show, Women Rule Broadway. She's back with a new show, and uh, it's more irreverent. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of that. Uh, and he's brought along, uh, she's brought along her co-writer and director, a guy I've wanted on the show for some time, a guy who I, if his Facebook rants are to be believed, disagree with on most every movie, so this will be fun. Uh, together, the new show they're launching is Les Mis and Friends, and we'll get the full scoop on it with Jean-Vievre Flatty. How'd I do? <laughs> you nailed it. You just Boom! said it Boom! And Nathan McCarrick! You, wait a minute. That was a Windows chime wait right there. That was, <laughs> really Why did was. he get the... Well, you got it as a duo. I had to complete no. the duo. They, I'm on my own. They knew to wait. No. You know, the, the name... You like to just go by G a lot of the time. Yeah. Right? Give it up for G Flatty. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> no? Flatty. 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 So, the new show is Les Mis and Friends. Um, referred to as... In 2019, the greatest musical of all time returns for the eight billionth time. Yeah, that's true. That's correct. So it's time you did something different with it. Uh, yes. What have we done? Tell us about the show. Um, Les Mis and Friends is primarily a uh, human production of Les Miserables. So uh, a genuine, legit, real production of Les Mis um, mm-hmm. that is uh, taken over by an army of angry puppets. Um, and uh, <laughs> As it should as be. As it should be. Um, and it's, it's both... Um, I mean, it's, it's both a, a an homage to Les Mis in that it, we do we do a lot of it correctly, and we you know we show some of the songs as they should be, but it's also a deconstruction. So we take the things that we think are incorrect about the plot or plot holes or just problems in it, and the puppets are the things that notice that, and they just start tearing it to pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as the show gets further and further on, the puppets effectively throw their own revolution and put on the show the way they want to, and then uh, we totally change songs into something completely different, and it just deteriorates uh, as it goes. Yeah. What, when the puppets come in, do they continue to sing everything, or do they take a break and call it out as this is just dumb? Uh, both. both. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. yeah. I think um, it, it's different from a lot of, I guess, what you would say is the connotation of parody, where we're not just like, spaghetti and sex and things now here. Hey, uh, we said fart. It's a parody. Yeah. Yeah. We actually go about about it as writers um, and say this is what doesn't work plot wise this is what doesn't work character development wise um, we come up about it as for like the women's perspective of these characters suck and, and why does everyone claw <laughs> over themselves to get into this show and to play these roles to sing this song which if you listen to the lyrics are terrible yeah and uh, uh, and uh, like the show itself Wait, let me uh, just say that song didn't make it into women rule broadway <laughs> no, no not so much. Uh, I mean, the show the show has more, I think, of a of its of its own internal narrative than most parodies do. Yeah. Most parodies are again just let's let's make this character uh, gay for no reason. Right. Oh, it's funny now. He's got a, a tutu on, you know, like right. that kind of stuff. I don't think flies the way that it should. Um, so our parody is is it's still its own show. It's got absolutely its own um, mm-hmm. through you know, through line the whole way. But we do. Uh, Nate and I both said this. We went in, when we decided to do Les Mis. Uh, we were both like, I hate this show. And now that we're on the outside of it, we're like, we love. Like we <laughs> I love was going parts to ask of Les Mis. That. Yeah. Do you love it? Well, or do you are you looking forward to smashing it? Sounds like both. Well, yeah. Well, and that's I think that's actually like part of why we want to do what we do is because because there are there is a lot of Les Mis that just doesn't make sense in our mind mm-hmm. or. or or problems with the casting or whatever. 
And, and yeah, doing this show makes me love Les Mis more because we do the parts that are good mm-hmm. and we cut out the parts that we don't like. So <laughs> right. so I haven't heard uh, some of the songs that we hate for uh, years. Right. <laughs> and if you did that on a national tour, people would go, well, what the hell is going on here? But you can do whatever you want. That's correct. Yes, yeah. again. Oh. Yeah, this, I was talking about that with someone the other day. Your airplane, uh, you know, even up to Hot Shots, kind of, but certainly Top Secret in the Naked Gun movies. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, we could just do the thing where... Everything's a joke. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't. Those are very difficult. Proven by the fact that yeah. all the ones that fell in its wake, your superhero movie, Meet the Spartans, all that stuff, just yeah, yeah. like are awful. Yeah, uh, and it just shows you how hard it is to do that. So yeah. I'm glad you're digging deep because that's how yeah. I think why they win. They make it look easy, but they really dug deep to make this or that joke or this or that mm-hmm. reference. No, absolutely. Yeah, there is like there's no heart in those movies, right? Like but, it's just you know it's just, it's just Charlie Sheen shooting a chicken. You know, like it's <laughs> and it's not saying that's not bad, but. Um, we have absolutely serious moments in this we scene. Do. We do. Oh, we have okay. a, a lot of, you know, there's sections where we really ground in and say, okay, let's, this is, this is good. Let's, yeah, you know. this is, uh, we have a few where, like, uh, we actually do the show where, like, if you were to see this, you'd be like, wow, that's, that's Les Mis. They're doing it with the full harmonies, everything, the power. But we have serious moments. We address uh, things. You feel for these characters. So I think, I think it's the difference of, um, I would say Simpsons where uh, it goes wacky and zany but you care about what happens to Homer like if he's sad and had those moments where he was sad uh, you really felt for him same with like Rick and Morty you really feel for Rick when he's going through stuff as opposed to Family Guy and South Park where you're like <laughs> fuck you Cartman yeah. la 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 um, where they're both comedically valuable but there's only one where you also felt those moments with those characters, even yeah. though it was silly, and so I think we do that. Not to say that we are dissing Family Guy. Or no, South they're Park, great. Those are like <laughs> amazing. <laughs> no, the Park, point certainly. is, is like when uh, something emotionally bad happened to Homer, you felt for him. Whereas with Peter, you knew that literally the next scene he was going to be fine. They they set their ground rules. I mean, South Park doesn't yeah. give yeah, a yeah. shit about and, anybody, and it's yeah. refreshing as hell. It is, but certainly, when you watch Lisa Simpson, you want her to win. Yeah. You know, Homer might win or not win, but certainly no, fo- no, not due to any effort he put out. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so, which is, but like, the family has heart, whereas South Park they just will blow up the world and not give a shit. Right, right. Yeah. They're they're oh. different, comedically valuable. Yeah. I'm just saying that. And you ours went the heart route. Has we went? Yeah, that's cool. Hey, there's something about Mary, one of my favorite movies of all time, uh-huh. uh, comedy wise. When at the end of that movie. Ben Stiller's just bawling his eyes out. You forget that, oh, yeah, this could have, this whole wacky adventure could have an effect on his feelings. Mm-hmm. And then they do. And then you just kind of go, oh, my God, the poor guy. And then, if, then he you know, yeah. tri- <laughs> slips on a banana peel or something crazy. Well, but, and, and to be able to do that with puppets is like an extra joy. Dang, because when yeah. the puppet gets sad and everyone has to feel for the puppet, and then a second later he can be like, fart or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> it, that's a, that's because a, puppets can just do things that we you can't do as humans. Like, yeah. you can get away with so much more. You can twist on a dime with a puppet that you can't. Do as an we, actor. as comedians, uh, and I think anyone that's kind of involved in the comedy world will agree with this. Uh, there's a phenomenon that happens with cartoons and puppets, and puppets are essentially just real life cartoons. They apply by almost the same rules of physics uh, as well as the same logic, um, where because they're actually not real, there's a level of be of acceptance and makes it more palatable for an audience to listen to maybe harsher things. So, like, there's a reason why Avenue Q is the only musical where they say everyone's a little bit racist and everyone's like, bah! <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas if it was just the barbershop quartet and Hello Dolly did that, you'd go, this is no different. <laughs> and it's the same thing, even <laughs> not the choice I would have made. Uh, with Matt Stone and Trey Parker, if it was two white dudes in their 40s being like, these are the reasons why society's fucked up, everyone would be like, fuck those guys. But because it's a bunch of little kids and it's yeah. a cartoon, you're like, oh, so there's That's this true. level of, it makes it just more acceptable. And we feel that freedom as comedians to be like, wow, we can say and do all of these 
really serious and crazy things as well as super silly and dumb things. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, I mean, even going back to like the f- format of the show, like it's, uh, the, we have human performers and puppet performers. The human performers are always the straight man. Like the human mm-hmm. performers are always serious. They're always on. The puppets mm-hmm. are the ones that can improvise and react to the audience and go off the rails. And for exactly that reason, because the puppet, the humans are trying to do Les Mis with heart and the puppets are the ones that can do whatever they want. Yes. And, and the puppets are in the world with the humans. Yep. Like, uh-huh. Say what you want about happy timers. I didn't love it, but the concept of them all living together, people and yes. puppets, without yeah, yeah. any blinking. Yes, you know, yeah. really, they're just puppets. Yeah, definitely. No one. We never call out at any point in the show. No one ever says, "Wait, is that guy a puppet?" That doesn't happen. It's just accepted that puppets, that for puppets some reason, live there. Yeah, come in and take over for a major role. In yeah, the show. and it's like major roles. It's the main roles. Yeah, Jean Valjean Jean is played Valjean. by is mm-hmm. played by a puppet, and then eventually the more puppets, more yeah. just pop in pop and in. start take like, randomly replacing roles, and eventually it's explained why. I think I was poking around uh, to look for information on your show I found Cookie Monster doing have you seen Cookie Monster do Les Mis? Oh, oh yeah Sesame so, Street yeah. did yeah. that yeah. I think it was Sam or Grover yeah, no, they, yeah. he was blue Sesame, yeah. did, Sesame did a good uh, did a good one that was like yeah uh, I forgot what, what it was I forgot what it was too I, all I can think of is Game of Chairs that they did which was the Game yeah. of Thrones okay. parody and that they, they did, did a, and it was so the good. Goblet of Cookies or something yeah they, uh, <laughs> Key, Key and Peele did a, did a, st- oh, did did a, a five minute one and on then SNL just did it with John Mulaney as hosting it was a reprise as the it was the lobster singing Who Am I Oh yeah. like literally just like last week so mm-hmm. I didn't see that one but I mean but there's other than those there's not there really isn't much in the world of like actual parody on Les Mis like there's never mm-hmm. been like a show as far as we know that's wow. legit because like, it's we've seen like there's, right there we'll see like <laughs> there's like five minutes here and there like people will do a song yeah. like, on YouTube yeah. uh, that's changed but as far but as not the show, a show goes uh-uh. yeah one I saw one that was with Les Mis and Frozen or something oh, mixed yeah. together. Do you want to build a barricade? That's for yeah. Sure. <laughs> the, the people will do songs to like reference it because it's incredibly famous. But as far as yeah. tackling the show as a whole, no. Because yeah. it's we looked at the score. The score is 414 pages of music, which is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, because even I, I didn't see it. I, I kind of came into all these long-running Broadway musicals as an adult. So I saw it mm-hmm. later in life. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it till I lived out here in L.A. and then finally went to see it. And, uh, you know, I... They don't need to sing everything. They goof on that a lot. It's true. Because yeah. it's just like, hello, and are you feeling well? I mean, it would yeah. still have to be sung. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Oh but God. I understand the whole idea. There's but a saturation point where you're is. like, yes. There is. Oh. God, what was <laughs> yeah. it? I saw another show where they were like, quick, put those chairs over there. And yeah. It wasn't a song. It was literally just sung. And I was like, whoa. And when it's, no. like, when it's, like, when it's a song, that's fine. But yeah, in those inter, inter, interstitial things, the, now we're all walking outside. And I, nope. It just waters just down when go. there is a song, yeah. I think. You yeah. Know? I, but I, still, it, the... The, we, this, the movie or the play musical weaves this magic spell because Karen had seen it before my wife mm-hmm. uh, and she was sitting next to me and I was watching for a little bit and uh, I guess it's right when the priest sort of covers for uh-huh. Jean mm-hmm. Valjean that uh-huh. he had stolen something mm-hmm. and I go oh that's pretty cool I look at Karen bawling just <laughs> she's straight bawling already like watch this like 10 minutes <laughs> into the yeah. thing and well like, I mean and that's part of <laughs> I mean I think that's one of the reasons why we lash onto it is because it's so lovable you know because it's so, like mm-hmm. we like we're not in the game of punching down like we want to if we're going to take yeah. something down we want to take something that is loved and yeah. and respectable mm-hmm. so that we can say oh this will rise above your uh, <laughs> your taunts you know yeah. oh yeah we're not going to actually hurt <laughs> Star Wars clearly. rises above the taunts that it gets yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not, not going to break oh. this long running deal. And I think the important, the important thing to note is that yeah, people who love it are still going to love mm-hmm. our parody. Like it's not, it's not so disrespectful that people are going to be like, no, you can't do that to Les Mis. Like, well, I have that in words from the OC Register. <laughs> the show is at least twice as good as anything the Pythons or Second City ever cooked up. Which is what I grew up on. So when, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, 
That's the best compliment I can get. Yeah, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, kudos to the writing. That's just the two of you, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. But let's go over the cast. So you're both in it. Correct. We are. Uh, I love me some Kevin Garcia. He's in it, right? And I yes. saw that he plays Cosette, <laughs> which plays is just Cosette. fantastic. <laughs> He he really kills it because then actually in our first when we started writing we did our first version of this show back in 2017 almost exactly two. Let's years get bring that up at the Maverick. Yeah, that's where yep. that review yeah. came from. Mm-hmm. And we so. did uh, six weeks. We sold out every show. Um, we oversold shows. Sorry, yeah. Mario Marshall. Um, we were sitting on the <laughs> stairs. It was great. It was super fun. And um, when we did our first version of the show, we actually wrote Cosette to be like. We wanted to cast one of our big guy friends uh, that was like, he's like six foot four or whatever, and he was like 250 pounds, big dude. And we wanted to give him just like a little, tiny little hand puppet. And we were like, oh, that's just going to be so funny if it's just this dude. It's got this blonde curls, and it's like, me, 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 kind of deal. But then um, in the midst of us ordering puppets and stuff, one of our puppet builders like delivered something as, to us late. Yeah. And he was like, here, take this puppet, uh, uh, this other one that I made as a gift for being so late on your order. And it was the nugget that was Cosette. And we were like, oh, we have to use this puppet. It's so funny. Yeah. She has no arms, no legs. She's literally just like a, a, a little ch- potato. A potato with hair and fu- her eyes are super bulgy. She's and she's got the most terrifying <laughs> mouth open. I love is that what, And that's on your, for oh, anyone that, watching yes. the on oh, YouTube, that is there yeah. on the poster. It's um, frightening. She's well. this big beaker mouth, essentially, <laughs> with these two buck teeth. And we love her. And Kevin came in and we we didn't really give anybody direction. He just came in and auditioned and we were like, why don't you read for Cosette? And he was so funny that we were like, oh, that's it. I don't want to give too much of it away. Yeah. Um, but he came in and we're like, that's it. That's Cosette. And we kind of, we made a bunch of changes and it, it, it that's our Hitler. Producers. Set a blonde wig on her. We, we said her, that. And it was weird. Yeah, yeah, weird. Hitler. That didn't apply at all. We're change the role. It's a great line. <laughs> so Kevin's amazing. And I, last time we did the show, everyone was like, because that's our favorite character. You yeah. two can go fuck yourself. Like he could be on. His, he oh, could wow. be in a scene and, do, and say one but line, and everyone walks away. Is like that because that was the best. That was the best. That was the one. Yeah. Cool. And but, uh, who else in the show? Uh, so we're also returning from our 2017 run is uh, Haley Tweeter as Fantine and Gavroche. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're ha- super happy to have her. Yeah, she's a killer uh, operatic yeah. soprano. Like yeah. she she sings so much in the show, and you're, she sings two major songs in the show. Like the and she nails <laughs> them. And uh, I mean, again, going back to what the show is, like we have to have a cast that would theoretically be good enough to actually do mm-hmm. legitimately Miserable. Mm-hmm. And so to have a, a singer like Haley who like kills Kill the that. songs, mm-hmm. uh, and who then also turns around and puts a puppet on and is freaking hilarious and, there too, is like ah! can't get better. Like it's everything it's we need. Perfect. She's adorable. Her Gavroche is so cute. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, a girl playing Gav- Gavroche is the little boy. The little boy. The little boy. Yeah. 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 Uh, giants in the sky. Wait, I'm getting my musicals messed up. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that little pup when a pup That's grows right, up. Right, yeah. That's right. The Cockney French kid. Yeah. The Cockney French kid. <laughs> Please tell me you goof on that. Dude. We, uh, we we don't make a big point on that one, although we do oh, in some of our promo material. Promo our, we we have a little web series, not web series, kind of web series yeah. coming out soon as promo, and it's. Uh, if, if you go to our Instagram, that's where it's going to be mostly posted starting pretty soon, a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah and we'll that's, uh, that. Is that the same as the Twitter, which I love, which is uh, uh, Les Mis AF? Les Mis AF. it's totally Les Mis uh, as fuck, As bro. fuck. Also, yeah. and friends. And friends. Also, yeah. and friends. That was an accidental uh, acronym that we <laughs> yeah, loved absolutely it. latched on to. Uh, like, but great. no, uh, Instagram is Les Mis and friends. Twitter is Les Mis AF. And we don't okay. know Facebook why. is Les Mis and friends. Correct. As well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and your social's fun. You get all sorts of stuff up we there. We do. Yeah. Uh, but the current run is at the Hudson Theater, yeah. April 5th through May 11th. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, mostly Fridays and Saturdays. There's one Sunday in there, right? Uh, we ha- right now we have zero Sundays. We have oh. a random Wednesday. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. a Wednesday, and that's Sorry. that's intended for other people who are doing shows, uh, so that lo- people who are um, in other local actors who can yeah. come to see them. Yeah, well, I got a show on Friday and Saturday. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't want to see it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. We've all lived that life uh, as uh, co-actors and co-comedians and writers, and you're just like, oh, I'm always performing. Do you not have any matinees that we can go to? So. Yeah. And so, uh, how long have you guys been working together? Because I met these two. We do a show down in Orange County, which, by the way, you talked about it being oversold down in Maverick. Mm. That's in Fullerton, California. We do this improv show down there. And it's always worth going down there for any show because it's... You're going to get a full house. Yeah. Uh, up here, you know, people struggle to get like 20 people in the house. We make the drive to Orange County and these shows get audiences. People yeah. are starving for mm-hmm. stuff to do. They go out and they have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get out of their houses and they and they like seeing comedy and theater and shows. And so uh, those shows were, were packed down there. But when I met you two, mm-hmm. you, you already had a history. How long have you guys been so friends? So you, when did you came to the Maverick? I came to the Maverick. It's like you're the friends in Les Mis two, and Friends. Aww. The first time was, I think it was the 2010 like winter version of Hamlet. Okay. Uh, and I came because a girl that I used to perform at Disneyland and a girl that I performed with at Disneyland was like, I'm in this show. So people go support each other at Disneyland. Was and that at the Maverick? It was. Yeah, it was yeah. in the this, same. This Maverick place, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bringing people together. Uh, uh, and and, and ju- I mean, usually when, you know, when someone comes in to the Maverick, then I'm always like, oh, this person is more than just a performer. So this is a person so who's like a, who, who needs to produce, who like is going to be helpful behind the scenes. I'm usually mm-hmm. like, I want to keep you around. <laughs> I need to help. Yeah. Uh, and so she was one. Of, she was like that. And then like a month later, she moved away. <laughs> it wasn't a month later. So yeah, I was brought in. And I think within, and I'd never really done improv before. I came from musical theater, but I was starting to branch into comedy and then I came to that and show. And circus though. No, no shortage of... Well, uh, circus was after. I met oh. them. Um, yeah, she came back first then and ran then away. And then I ran away. Yeah. So that, that's where you get your improv later. kind yeah. of get home. It really was. It, Nate uh, was the first person really to be like, no, you're not a good actor. You're funny. Those are different things. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, Laying and down some truth, Nate. Yep. <laughs> So he and another person that we were working with at the time were like, we're going to bring you in. And I think within eight days, they had put a puppet on my hand and put me on stage in a, a Puppets versus People Improv Shem Improv show. Uh-huh. And I'd like, I think I saw one Shem Improv show. And they're like, you're going to be in it next week as a puppet. I'd never puppeteered before. I'd never done improv before. You've never puppeteered before? I'd never wow. done any of that. It was all brand new. You and guys seem so ingrained in it. How about, have you done a ton yeah. of I, I mean, I had not been doing it heavily until uh, before 2010. I, I had started putting in puppets into my shows that I was producing. So like in, uh, oh, like in 2009, maybe I did Treasure Island at the Maverick. And I incorporated these giant puppets like into it. Like like Ben Gunn was this little creepy puppet, and the, this, I had this character Blind Pew, another pipe with this giant puppet you had to wear on your on your shoulders. So I had already been getting into the kind of the puppetry theatrical world before that. Um, but no, not not. I mean, not earlier than that in life. But haven't you done a Harry Potter one too? So uh, yeah. I, eventually, I kind of got. I fell in love with this world, this world of improv comedy, and it just yeah. shaped my life. And then I went off to the circus for a few years, and then when I came back, we immediately like picked up right where we left off. Where we were st- still doing shows at the Mav, still doing a bunch of things. And when I came back from the circus, a boy that we both knew named Danny Montooth, who is an amazing puppeteer, mm. and who I'm working with on Stupefy, the Harry Potter uh, puppet parody. Um, he was like, hey, we're having auditions right now for Disney Junior Live on stage. They need puppeteers. I know you can puppeteer because I trained you before you left. Come audition. So I auditioned, and I was trained by two of the best puppeteers I've ever worked with, which is Art Vega and Danny Montooth. Art Vega's from the Muppets, of, for God's sake. <laughs> Never they, heard of them. What are you talking about? I hate you. Um, and so they they were the 
best. And so I got crazy technical puppet training. And so I finally was able to catch up where Nate was because he'd been about puppeteering for maybe five years. And yeah. so very quickly I was like, okay, now I have all this training. And then I also started to uh, puppeteer at the Henson Company in 2015. Um, uh, so that so he and I now are like, we're puppeteers. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it, that's how it is. I mean, I got yeah. into video production just by starting to do it. I mean, yep. This was back early 2000s right when you could get $3,000 worth of film stock for four ninety nine and a small mini DV tape I'm like well I'm going to because that's kind of what kept me from doing it up till now sure. and next thing you know I got my own production company and people yeah. think I'm legit I, I, I guess I am and I guess you are so yep. there we are we're um, all that's legit kind of our style because for Harry Potter puppet parody uh, which is the series that I wrote um, that I'm doing over uh, at another studio it's the same idea as Les Mis where I love Harry Potter mm. the book I love the books I'm gonna be super serious I love Love the books. The movies hurt my soul on a thousand levels, and I recognize that all of them. Yeah, all of them. You want to okay. fight? You want to uh, fight I about listen. this? <laughs> we'll talk about it. I've seen two of those. Shut up! You don't deserve any of it. You haven't read any of the books. I'm not, yeah, I'm not the guy who would completely defend Harry Potter. I'm not crazy. But <laughs> oh I'll God. defend La La Land to my to the grave. But <laughs> but Harry Potter, the way that I approached it was after we had written this, and I was like, I love it, but there are huge gaping holes or things that we, as the fans, either never let go of. For example, of Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Like we never let go of that. It's huge on the Tumblr pages. So, what are you talking about? Serious in the fire or what? 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 He doesn't understand. Are you shitting me right we now? We don't have half an hour to explain the discrepancy between the book and the performance. <laughs> yeah, I told you. That one I've scene. Seen the movie. No, it was in the fourth. Ha- uh, it was the fourth. So what are, what are your other questions, <laughs> you got, Paul? I'm sure there's more. Hey, if we did, if we tangent on a movie, all good here. All good here. <laughs> oh, I am tangent. I'm, on, I'm talking about the fourth movie. What he was like, Harry, did you put your name on the Goblet of Fire? But in the book, it says, Harry, did you put your name on the Goblet of Fire? Did you Calling? notice the difference between Fuck that? You. That was I did. pretty Fuck startling. I did. Oh my god! Everyone, Harry Potter people, defend me. I think it was an adjective difference. Didn't the fireplace yelled at him too, didn't No! He? Sirius Black was telling him. No, this is That's Gary, Old, Gary Oldman got a credit for being at fire. <laughs> it's different. I understand it's different. Let's talk about Lamus. Uh Let's, let's. Because speaking of characters, you, got, no. you don't like Marius, do you? <laughs> I've been watching your social media. You compare him to a glass of milk. I be- we do. I believe. I believe in the show. We describe him as the weakest character in musical theater since Winthrop from The Music Man. Oh, the Wells Fargo wagon. Oh, yeah. That guy. Not nearly as good as Winthrop from Trading Places. But no, again, different, I'm a movie guy. different Winthrop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we make fun heavily of the uh, the weakest romance I think in any musical ever, which is the Marius and Cosette uh, romance yeah. in Les Misérables. It's based literally on nothing. They 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 bump into each other and then they're in love with forever, and it's the stupidest thing. Actually, in the movie, they don't even bump into each other. He sees her from across the street. They effectively, yeah, they. they <laughs> That's it. That's it. And uh, how many times have you seen the show? Like have you Les seen the, the stage show? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Many times. Uh, you know what's really funny because I've I've seen I've Just seen the I mean, a me. handful of times. I saw it on Broadway again a couple of years ago. In fact, I, I was in New York oh, for my day job company, and the CEO of our company was like, "Hey, I got tickets to to the theater. We're seeing Les Misérables," and I was like, "That's the one show I hate. I'd rather see any. I, I mean, free. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, uh, very thankful. It was it was very nice of him. Um, but secretly, I was like, oh, there's. I'm in New York only once every five years. I want to see a- any I other know. new shows. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I've seen it a handful of times. Uh-huh. I'd seen a, a, a couple of professional versions and then a couple of high school versions, which are always great. Uh, yeah, as are any high school yeah, musicals I mean, are always are there fantastic. Any, are there any horrors in it? And <laughs> <laughs> um, ours, yes. We no, do. It, well, yeah, <laughs> here in high school, I'm just yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I, my favorite musical of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar, oh. and I've never seen a great production of it. Oh, I listened sure. to the London recording, and I was in love with the musical. Yeah. It's amazing. I saw the movie, and I went, "That was good." And I'm kind of in the world, and I get it. But I've gone to see it like three times. Every time, I'm like, "You guys just aren't crossing the finish line for me." I wish you were, because I need to see a great production. Yeah. Of what I think is my favorite music to listen to of any Broadway show. Sure. I love that. But uh, I, I've. I veered away into Jesus Christ Superstar, but we should be playing Name That Lame Is. Nice. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another round of Name That Lame Is. Uh, Because Lame Is has been represented in so many different ways, so many different places, we'll leave it up to you guys to name this or that Lame Is. So here, name this Lame Is. An hour before sunset, on the evening of a day in the beginning of October 1815, a man traveling on foot entered the little town of Digne. The few people who were then at their windows. The audio. Yeah, oh, I thought you meant, I thought you were like literally asking. No, it's, no, it's, it's an audio book for sure. For a second, I was like, was this like the intro to the, the Harvey, not the Harvey Cartel, the, what's it called, Liam Neeson version? Was there a narration in the beginning of that? Right, I was thinking about that, but I was like, this is an audio book. He just goes His long walk in the dust added an indescribable This audiobook would have to be uh, 40 hours long. Oh my God. Do you know? Do you, if you I grab that, I mean, the, the book... And I can look right now. I have Audible. The book is 650,000 words. It's one of the longest Jeez. single novels ever written. And like, that, it, like, it, it would have to be... I would think it would be 40 hours plus to have an audiobook on that. Let's wow. see. I'm going to look for it. Next, mm. next Trump will be signing those. Oh, man. Which was the best yeah. miles And immediately went into the kitchen, which opens <laughs> right. so anyway. Oh, and by the way, do you notice that that narrator does not have it a French accent? It is. He doesn't. 67, no. but he's also not <laughs> 67 hours and 53 minutes. Holy Good crap. Balls. I could. I don't think so. I could. Even on Audible, when you can choose to listen to it and fast forward, there's mm-hmm. no way. There's I'm no not in the way. car that much. No. <laughs> to warrant mm. that. Because it's not sitting around the house uh, <laughs> listening to only type audiobook. Uh, name this name is. All right. Universal Pictures proudly presents the, the film you realize had absolutely no dialogue whatsoever. Oh, this is Only the um, oh, this would be uh, the, 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 the movie Rebobble. guy, right? No, no, no. It's the it's like the it's like the uh, the way it should have ended, but it's not. Oh, the real movie trailer. Real honest trailer. Yeah. Honest trailer. Yeah. That's what I meant. Is yeah. the universal guy? Yeah. Made a false report. We may have met. Characters often singing about things that could be very easily done by just talking normally. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Amen to that. Water from the well. Hey there, Monsieur. What's new with you? Are you all right? Why did you go away? Seriously, they sing everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know until you've bought your ticket. <laughs> uh, oh, this is going to get very... Oh, wait. this is, You mentioned this one. Do I let this fight in now? Do not interrupt me. In this life of let me finish what I need Will to say. Welcome now. Fine, I'll let you finish. Yeah, this is the key yeah, yeah. Don't let me get in your way. I stole a loaf of bread. I finished All now. I needed to survive. Okay, now it's if my I turn. end up in your Come from. I have no idea. One at a time. 
Yeah. <laughs> God, I love Keith. Oh, they are they are amazing. I when love when I first so saw much. that sketch, I was like, "Well, we can't do that joke now." Yeah. Um, we do yeah. we do a little bit of like, "Why are you talking over me?" But yeah. but we generally avoid it because like we we hate repeating things. That that, is, seen, that was you know? a big thing when we were writing it. When we broke it, we wrote it literally scene by scene, and we would do things like, "We can't do that. We already did that kind of a joke. It wasn't even yeah, that yeah. joke. We already did that kind. We're not doing it anymore. We hit everything once uh, because we hate." And I'm sure other people hate seeing the same thing over and over and over again in parodies or just in any comedy that you're like, oh, we get it. That's the point. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing new? Okay. And my head hurts. Yeah. Right, what name this lame is. <laughs> Where have you guys fashioned the music? Is there a piano oh, player? We had a, we had our we had we hired someone to do the tracks originally mm-hmm. for us. So. Uh, he's wonderful. His name's Devin Norris, uh, yeah. and he's amazing. He's legitimately, legitimately amazing. I love. Okay, I love Devin because uh, I'm a banana sandwich person, and he's a musical genius. And so sometimes when people are musical geniuses, they're like a little bit a little bit more reserved. And so we're in this his little studio. It's very small, and he's just sitting there with the piano. I'm like, okay, Devin, this is what we need. Oh. Do you mean this? And he'll just like whip it out, and he, none of the rest of him has moved except for his hands, and it's just genius. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And he's like, yes, I know. <laughs> and I love him. This is the Broadway show. I was gonna say I knew it was a stage yeah. version. It didn't sound like the movie. I didn't know if it was the 25th anniversary or if it was the 10th the anniversary. 10th anniversary. Well, the 10 is a big one. Yeah, that was like the staged reading. They did a 25th was stage with like four with the four Valjeans, the four most recent Valjeans that were all did a a four way harmony of Bring Him Home at the end. We there were what was the one where it was Nick Jonas and it was um, the 25th. Nick Nick Jonas was in the 25th. It was in the 25th, and they it was but he was in one. uh, It was like a concert one then. Yeah, it was the concert one where it was Nick Jonas and then it was Rebel Wilson and then it was this other really famous British actor. To uh, she was Madame Tenardier, and then this other really famous British actor that's uh, he looks like an Eggman. Um, uh, looks like an Eggman. Yeah! like an egg. He man. was in um he he was in uh, uh, the, the thing with oh, bridesmaids. He was in bridesmaids. He was playing Rebel Wilson. Oh, 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 Eggman from bridesmaids. I know you're talking about <laughs> you guys. Yeah. He's a really famous actor. Uh, is it Chris O'Dowd? No, it's not. Chris okay. o- I would know Chris O'Dowd. I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone he's who's not Irish. He's, 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 no, I'm going to look this up right, right now. Uh, you guys. Nick Jonas in Les Mis. Uh, like, if you, li- if you just isolated him and just listened to him on his own, Ooh, then, like, a- as a fan, you'd probably be like, that was fine. But, like, when you then put, like, a legit musical <laughs> yeah. theater singer to, who sings those interstitial, like, here's a chair, like, right <laughs> next to him. It's the comparison is so <laughs> that obvious, guy, so hard. That guy. Oh, Do you not recognize guy. him? No, he does look like an egg, but I don't know who he is. See, fuck you guys. This that is, guy. This is it's Rebel Wilson and him. This is great this for radio. What? It's Rebel Wilson. Sorry, Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. Yeah, I got so him. Egg he's guy. really funny, uh, but does that? He looks like an egg man. The whole audience is given a resounding who. <laughs> Except for Matt, who's listening he's the, and, and he's slowly crying. Cr- no, he's crying in the dark. He was really funny. Turning up. That's good. No, I'm glad. But I, I listen. I give anybody a chance because I saw Man of La Mancha many okay. moons ago yeah. with Sheena Easton, and I went, "Okay, here we go." Because Raúl Julia is like the is mm-hmm. Coyote. I'm like, "Okay, this is gonna be a big deal." But then she's in it. She's great. Oh. I think it had a lot to do with the direction she was given. Because I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh-huh. Guess what? Wasn't good. With Corey Glover, lead singer of Living Color. Guy's pipes okay. are outstanding. 
bad direction. Mm. To, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. so but she was great. So I'll give anybody a shot. Yeah. When she impressed me, I said, "All right, pop stars, jump in, jump out. We'll see." Wouldn't be my first choice because isn't the best performer in the whole Les Mis movie the Broadway uh, star who played? Uh, oh 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 oh! Uh, Entourage. Uh, no. Yeah, uh, that homeboy can sing. No, but the no, girl, no, no, but the girl, the girl. The girl oh, played, oh, you mean yeah. Eponine. The girl who played Eponine so. was the same one that played on stage in the, yeah. in the 25th and in the movie. Yeah. 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 And she is good. Oh, yeah, I think like, she's fine. She's okay. I didn't like her take, but I, the guy that played Angel Ross has some peeps on him, and he could really, and it was, I, yeah, I thought he was the best one, actually. I, find, um, I, I liked Eddie Redmayne as Marius, though. I thought he was great. I'm going to disagree with that. I mean, so it's, gonna not be. Media but it's, it's hard to make Marius likable because <laughs> no. he's such a just milk toast character. And Eddie Redmayne is so charismatic, I'm, even in his like, uh, I'm weakest weakness kind of thing. Actually, we've never discussed this. I, I am not the biggest Eddie fan. Oh. I know that well, that's you, really it's most people. That leaks into your Harry Potter. I was going to say, it leaks into your Harry Potter No, it actually uh, doesn't. No? no, I really, this, I really can't, I don't like his singing voice because he sings a little bit like this. <laughs> and I can't, I just. He sings like a Muppet. And I and I recognize that that's a really bitchy thing to say because I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, I I will invite him over to see our show, and he does not have to look at you he while you're on stage. Does not, Eddie. You don't have to look at me. I'm sorry. Uh, and this one is totally different. Yeah. Ooh, so sick. This sounds '80s. This is something from the '80s. Listen to that cat's music. Uh, that's just a London production. Oh. <laughs> was it the was it? 80s London production? Oh, uh, maybe. Because right. yeah, this I was written know. in the 80s. Yeah. Meow, 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 that's meow, what meow, always made me nuts meow, about uh, Phantom of the Opera. I actually like the 80s vibe of that. Mm-hmm. And then it gets into all this opera. I don't like opera. And I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> right there in the title. What am I doing here at this show? <laughs> I See, I'm, I'm the opposite way. I just don't like phantoms. So I'm, <laughs> Exactly. You should have known. Go, that we're part. idiots. Wow. That's what we're learning. And what name that name is? I have exciting news for Superman. Paris is interested in my plan. Is the Liam Neeson what one? Plan is that? Yeah. That's Jeffrey. Did he Rogers. do what? Did was he in it? Liam Neeson was uh, Valjean in like the ninety-one, ninety-eight. Your pardon. I forgot. Adaptation of the book. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There was no singing. I only know his work from the Lego Movie. Wow. <laughs> what Liam Neeson? <laughs> yeah. You're joking. You are, you've been generationally handicapped. <laughs> He is, and he's great, but he you've is. not seen but only ironically, Schindler's List. Like, oh, yeah, like, I saw that one. He has that role because of his history <laughs> of the opposite types of... Yeah, yeah he's a tough guy. So yeah. he, I just like him oh as the cop. He's so great. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That movie's got a thousand jokes in it's it. It's just a weird entry into the world <laughs> yeah. of Liam Neeson. <laughs> What are we, you have to have seen that sketch with Ricky Gervais. And oh, yeah. Liam, okay. Where he's yeah, the, yeah. the being I want, be, I want to do improvised, improvised comedy. I, I, yeah, and then he does oh. the eye of AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. She's riddled with it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, God it's so funny. Okay. That's all the acting of him, and I've heard that he is something about Taken. I love wow. Paul Newman, one of the greatest actors of all time. So good in Cars. Right? That's the same type of take. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was good in cars. He was yes. good in cars. It's true, but a little yeah. something called cool hair, Luke Butch Cassidy. I mean, I hear he's really going up in the world with that cars thing. I think he's going <laughs> to latch on. Yeah, I think he's yeah. got a huge career. Ahead An up and comer. You know what? All right then. I can give you the Liam Neeson uh, to do list for movies if you oh, like. When we're yeah. done, when we're oh, done, I'll give it to you. What, what you should see, oh, absolutely God. for sure. Oh, uh, well, then of course this happened. Course. Now, prisoner two four six oh one. That is Russell Crowe. You know what that means? Oh man. He's free. That is 
I have so many thoughts on this movie. Let's hear some. I got one. I got one. Yeah. Because I'm not such a huge like lover or I don't know the material so hardcore. Sure. I just know that they filmed with live singing. Yes. Which yeah. I think is a great idea. Yeah. But yeah. not for Russell Crowe. Uh, not for Russell Crowe. Because it's, he's a really good actor. He and is. when you made him sing and act, it didn't quite take. It wasn't good. You can do that if you have all Broadway actors. Yeah. The end. And I, I'm even talking about people that can sing, like Anne Hathaway and even Hugh Jackman. I think that because Broadway singing is this different level of stamina. And I know that he's done some Broadway, but it's just this different level yeah, rock of doing band it too, over right? and over. And played, and, uh, yeah. yeah, singing live is just because I thought that Hugh Jackman in, in Greatest Showman was amazing yeah. Yeah. as a performer. Like, even just like the show itself, I was like, okay, you can take or leave if you do or don't like the plot of the show. But I was like, wow, look, he's so good. Um, but even in the movie of Les Mis, like, I, he was, he is a he better was, performer than the performance they got on, on Les Mis, yeah. the movie. And I think movie. it's because they were doing this incredibly difficult thing, which was like listening into earbuds of like music that was being played miles away, probably, or pre recorded or whatever. And it was just. There were so many moments that, like, you wanted him to go full belt and to like have that yeah. giant moment that they just didn't do, and it undercut a lot of things. And, I, I, and like, I mean, how many hours a day were they filming? You can only sing so many hours in a day, and when you're filming, you're doing 15 hours a day sometimes, and to do that same take over and over and over and over again, even on the best singer, is going to be vocally taxing, yeah, and, and it's not do, an easy show. If you do the Broadway show, that's only 14 hours, so you're adding <laughs> yeah. an extra hour. Yeah, an extra hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Uh, I can talk about what I think of it as just a movie like the cinematography drove me bananas because they were trying to do this feel of like you were right there so the camera was shaking a lot and the angles were a little little bit weird and it was like running down the hallway and I was just like you probably spent so much money on this make it a beautiful movie just fucking put the camera on a track and make it move glide and pretty and they didn't they kept like yeah we're following Jean Valjean down the hallway I had all these weird jump cuts I just watched this like two weeks ago so again so I'm like <laughs> and the, so just even as a movie I'm like why and I don't think that director's ever done anything oh, Tom since Hooper, uh, or before since, well, it was like King's Speech big, before oh was it King's yeah, Speech yeah, before yeah but anything reputable <laughs> yeah <laughs> was there anything that even got to the just Oscars the four Oscar winning uh, best picture I and but that I think was because he filmed it like a movie where this one he was trying I think really hard to merge the worlds of musical theater live and film and as much as I wish that they could cross over more correctly I think that they are two different mediums and you can do a musical well like uh, Greatest Showman but they filmed it like a movie but did you feel slighted because he may have lip synced no it's just no, how movies have been no. made forever. Because so, they, so it may not have been the best choice. Like, and I, and, and maybe maybe for you, but I remember when when Evita came out, the movie came out, and it was like then it was a big deal that they were lip syncing, and people were like, "Why did you do that?" And then it, that was just the normal because that makes it better. Yeah, yeah. You can concentrate on other things. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're filming, there's just a lot going things on. going yeah. on. Um, yeah, actually, I would say not that the performance of the actors isn't the most important thing on set, but it's on the bottom of the list of things that are going on on a professional movie set. Right. Because they're like, worried about the lights, worried about the sound, worried about this, da, 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 da. we have to read, to, we can't do any of that footage because we didn't like the vase in the background. Like, we just, like... Yeah, too much smoke. Yeah, and so, and I've walked away as an actor and walked away with other actors that were like, oh, they used my worst take, but it was because technically, uh, regarding sound, lights, whatever, that was the best one. And the actor's performance was literally the least important thing. And that's just the nature of movies. So if they're also like trying to do live singing and live this, 
it, it's just some it's too much in my opinion yeah. as a well, it actor proved performer. to be yeah it's not like a good idea but then when i saw it i went oh i think some people's yeah, acting was hampered yeah, yeah I, sure. I i think also in in the movie there was um i think th- there were elements that turning it into a movie made it difficult like the, the way that they tried to uh, taper the tenardiers back from being such kind of large bombastic characters and uh, having uh, sasha baron cohen and uh, helena bottom carter be a little more realistic in oh, the performances. i thought that they were oh i thought were, it was the opposite I thought that they were like extra where the reason why I didn't like the way the Tenardiers fit into that show was because everybody else was real and gruesome when they were doing the 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 players like at the end of the day blah, 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 and they were showing all the people with sweat and vomit and it was disgusting they're sitting in the sewers and then it cuts to the Tenardiers and they've got like big hair and they've got like crazy makeup at the end in the wedding scene she's got like the white makeup on her face and nobody else has that it's just them she's got these glasses on and I was like why they seem like cartoon characters in a world that they were trying very hard to be. This is the world of Les Misérables and the eighteenth-century French people. I meant more. I meant more from the performance aspect because normally, like, there's like they are. They're, they're the giant Cockney, like everything. <laughs> and I thought their performances were both really pulled more into the well. I'm, you know, and I'm like, well, this doesn't fit the characters. It doesn't. The characters are weird now. Like they're just kind of they also slimy. Didn't. But edit a lot of things that I was like we could have cut that scene out and I don't mean just like Les Mis I mean specifically in the movie where there was like a scene where uh, right before Marius and Cosette meet and the Tenardiers are there and they try to they grab Jean Valjean Jean Valjean and they <laughs> put him uh, they put him um, into like a hallway a back alley hallway and then they pull him out and then Tenardier runs into um, Javert and he does all of this like weird improvising and the scene is really slow and it's really long and it doesn't oh, yeah. cut away and you're just like, this is me. It was maybe a four minute scene of him just being like, so, um, could you, and it's supposed to be funny, but I was like, God, edit it out. There's just a lot of hiccups here and there, I think. Yeah, my problem with it is it was nominated for Best Picture, but I just don't remember it. <laughs> like, I seriously didn't walk away like that. It's clearly, the Academy this is a nominee for Best Picture. Uh-huh. Probably just because sweeping. Well, and also, but, I think from a... Pro- I mean, it is impressive from yeah. a production impressive. level. And that's the one thing you always got to consider in movies is why is it good? Because, well, the, it, it's still an accomplishment to have mm-hmm. done that with all the live singing. You know? yeah. it's, it's still legitimately impressive to have done it. Yes. But I'd take this over that any day. God has smiled upon you uh, this day. The fate of a nation in your hands. And bless you. Name I, oh, I, I, children I, uh, yeah, I do know this. Fight with all our bravery till only the righteous stand. <laughs> no. You see the distant flames, they bellow in Yeah, this is South Park. This is South Park. I, so, I, I was like, well, I <laughs> think this is right. a man, but he's being a woman, but maybe it's a woman that's all being a man. The resistance lives on. Yeah. The, I mean, oh, yeah. To me, yeah. one of my favorite musicals is of the last Pip, 50 years. right? Is yeah. Pip singing it? Uh, this was the movie that yeah. turned me on. To, this was the, the movie that turned me on to South Park. I, I never watched South Park for the first four years, I think. Because I was like, this looks like just dumb gutter toilet humor. Oh, and then I saw this movie and I was like, fuck, these guys are smart. They know what they're doing with comedy. I'm going to go back and watch all of this shit. Wait, yeah. is this the is this the South Park movie Uncut? Un- Correct. Whatever? Yeah. Bigger Uncut. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this one literally since the circus. It was oh, I it was yeah. a DVD in the oh, bargain bin. Oh, it's 20 bin, years old. Man. And I 
I wow. and I brought it on because in the circus we didn't have you just had your laptop with a DVD player. You had no internet, no Netflix or anything. So I scooped everything out of Walmart, and that's the and so I haven't watched it in years. Oh, this is oh, now good. I hear it. This, this is one of the great. I mean, they spoof Les Mis, they spoof yeah. oh. uh, Schoolhouse Rock, they spoof Disney. This is the one spoof, with Blame Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh Blame Canada, of course, was Oscar nominated. Oscar yeah. nominated, and that was my favorite. But Uncle Oscar. Fucker was the best song. Uncle Fucker, the Oklahoma spoof. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. That was my favorite Oscar's dresses was Matt Stone and Trey Parker yeah. taking ecstasy and then showing up in wigs and dresses to the Specifically <laughs> Jennifer Lopez's low-cut cleavage dress. And it. that was Robin Williams singing uh, Blame Canada, right? In the, at the show, yeah. Wow. They needed somebody. God, yeah. I love everybody in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they lost to Tarzan, I think. Yeah. What? I think well, right. Phil Collins laid it out. I will give him that. Phil Collins gave us his soul on that track. The whole album's great. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job. But, yeah. oh, the South Park songs were so great. And I think those guys, I think Trey, loves Les Mis. Like, I think he comes oh, really? up to spoof from, like, I love this, and I'm sure. going to hammer it anyway, because I love it. But I agree that, like, they that was a good show, but the movie was beyond everything. Yeah. And then I thought, well, that's they've peaked now. Now what? Oh, no. And I thought, like, Three seasons ago was their best television se- uh, right. uh, ep- uh, season. Was that the yet. was that the mono mono one where it was like all soda sopa or whatever it was? Correct. Yeah, yeah. the one storyline that carried line? through the whole oh. thing. Soda sopa with the with the they so don't give yeah. a shit. They got a new. They got rid of Principal Victoria mm-hmm. and yeah. brought in a guy named PC, PC Principal. Principal. Like they don't care. Yeah. They, it was called PC Principal. Yeah, they just it. don't and care. Strong woman. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was but, PC Principal and strong woman. That's the. That's the. Did you not? Have you not caught up? I've. I've like a season behind. Oh I my have, god. So there's too much good TV. Don't even start on. Yeah. PC Principal has a counterpart, and it's strong woman, and that's literally her name. <laughs> See, they don't care. I just. They, did you, oh, and then at the last season, they ended every single during the credits. It says hashtag cancel South Park. Oh yeah, well that was a billboard I, campaign. Yeah. 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 I love them. Yeah. I mean, they're just too funny. Um, <laughs> but so while we're talking about now we've moved on to, to movies, which is uh, Appropriate. fine by me. Oh, I, you know, I was going to talk because we got to know uh, G last time she was here. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Nate because I don't entirely know your background. Obviously, there's improv there, but you're also now an author for the first time. I am an author for the first time, which is weird cool. to say. Um, and but all uh, coming from theater still. So in 2012, I wrote and directed a show at the Maverick. Uh, which is called The Legend of Robin Hood, um, which uh, in in very much the same vein of what we're doing with Les Mis. Like, I, I ha- I've I hated Robin Hood, the story Robin Hood. I think it's generally a terrible story. Um, and uh, and my partner at the theater Wait, one why day. why is that? For all the reasons that I wrote the book, um, which, is, oh, okay. which is things like I hate the idea, I hate the black and whiteness of good guys versus bad guys, generally speaking. And I hate that Robin is always this unbelievably altruistic good guy and the sheriff is always a mustache-twirling villain. Uh, and, that, uh, there's, and that Maid Mary is usually the, this weak character that does nothing and it's just, there's just so much that doesn't make sense about these guys just running around the forest shooting things and uh, and so and so it started when my partner at the theater said hey you know we're trying to think of shows to do what about a Robin Hood Are there maybe there's some good scripts and I said I hate Robin Hood I don't want to do that and he said well, why don't you write your own and I said okay and that led to what's now seven years later so I did the show there um, and it was it was a, just basically a more realistic version of Robin Hood, where everyone is uh, not you know somewhere in in the middle of being a good guy or bad guy. Um, and then after it was done, again it, it took off really well. Everyone loved it, and people all asked me, "What are you going to do with this now that the show's done? Uh, are you going to put it up somewhere else?" And in my mind, I said, "Well, actually, honestly, the." the the right next step for this is to make it uh, is to novelize it. Like the, the world, it worked on stage, but it was a larger world 
that I could dive into. So I spent a couple of years writing a book, just kind of never having done that before. And I was like, maybe this, we'll see what happens. And then I spent a couple of years trying to find an agent. And then that agent spent a couple of years trying to find a publisher. And now all these years later, uh, wow. it finally worked out. Did you get a good editor or did you just kind of have good luck um, winging it all together? So, so uh, I mean, as those years went by, um, like morale was clearly going down. Um, <clears throat> but um, I ended up with literally my dream publisher. Like, um, Tor, the, the, the T-O-R, Tor, they're the publishers. Um, if you've read anything that's sci-fi or fantasy, it's probably through Tor. They are the kings of that of wow. the, the genre. Um, and I remember when I was, um, before I had an agent, I had sent a query to them directly because they were. I knew that they were the ones. Uh, and I, I remember being terrified of that query because I'm like, if this, if this comeback's rejected, I know I lost that opportunity. And I got rejected by them, and it was uh, terrible, whatever. Skip a couple of years later when I finally have a, a literary agent, and he submitted, we got an editor through tour to, to be interested in, and that editor was like, she's like, oh, man, this is, this is the one. And so I'm like, what? So is it, would you call it revisionist? Yeah, I, would, I would definitely call it revisionist. It okay. is, um, it is it, but it's, uh, it's also, so it's in the genre of, of historical fiction is, is, how, is where they're putting it. Um, because it is, it is largely based on real history, which most Robin Hoods are not. Um, you usually get like, oh, a little bit of King Richard is in the Crusades and that's about it as far as real. But I mean, one of the things that made me start off on that journey was when, you know, can, do you know what the name of the sheriff is? What's the sheriff's name? Sheriff of Nottingham. The sheriff of Nottingham. Of his first name of, <laughs> right? last name Nottingham. Yeah. Like Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, exactly. Like he yeah. never Up was a popular a name. name back then. Like, I think Men in Tights was the only one that gave him a name with oh, Mervyn. God, Men in Tights was the best. <laughs> yeah. And so that, like, that literally started Alec? my path. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just basically did start research. Mitch. I was like, who was the real sheriff? And let's build it. Let's, let me start studying and go from there. Um, but anyways, yeah. It comes, yeah, because I'm sure it was more complicated, actually, in real Clearly. life than it ever was. By simplistic retellings of the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like Shakespeare really made told histories like complic in a complicated way. <laughs> the rest of them got probably pared down over time to its most simplistic uh, storyline, which by now sets you off. It's, it turns into folklore. <laughs> yeah. So I reset it. I went back to historical, and uh, and it comes out in a couple. Well, I guess not a couple months, depending on when you listen to this. It comes out August sixth. Oh. Yeah, well, we put this out right away. You guys <laughs> if open. If you're listening to this August fifth, it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, so let's get on to movies. Yeah. Seen Wait, it. did you say the title of your book? Oh, we uh, did. oh the name <laughs> of the, the name <laughs> of the book is. I've seen it, but I never shared it. The name of the book is Nottingham. Oh, like like the sheriff, like the city, like God damn you! I was trying to never mind. <laughs> I was going to do a cu- fine. It's not a callback. Yeah, like the city. This brand new information. <laughs> uh, what have you seen? Anything? Movies? Been out recently? Yeah, did you get out of the house? Uh, I, uh, I, I got a two-year-old, so yeah. no, I saw, I saw How to Train a Dragon 3. <laughs> okay, and, it's How to Train oh, you Your Dragon. I don't know, I didn't see if the first two. we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I thought the second one was horribly depressing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, how you know it's good, because it's a cartoon. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the first one, then. Right. First Wait. one I thought was fantastic. First one's amazing, and uh, it, for me, it's really because John Powell does the score of it, and it's my favorite score. There's specifically, I'm looking directly at the camera, Specifically, <laughs> when so bad for anyone gets, watching. Shut up! <laughs> when he when he rides the dragon for the first time, uh, and they're going uh, over like in and out, and he's trying to work on the foot mo- movements uh, with the pedal that he has to do the tail thing with. Um, that particular section of the score, and it's got this little I I or not Irish Scot- Scottish sounds over it. It's just so good, John Powell, you sexy bastard. The score is very good. The score yeah. is very it is. good. It's it's in on my on my mix of writing music. 
Yeah. Oh, you, uh, want, you play the you play scores. Yeah. Yeah, I actually when I uh, was at uh, high school, uh, high school when I was at college, um, and I did a film music class, and we had to talk about like what's your favorite score, and everyone was like Lord of the Rings and and John Williams and da da da, and I was like those are all great, but I think you're all missing this diamond in the rough over here, which is because uh, everyone played these like you know Schindler's List and da 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 da, da and you're like okay, but now we're all gonna watch a dragon scene. <laughs> That's my favorite part of Schindler's List when when it went da 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 yeah. That's Liam Neeson, just so you know. Shut up. Uh, God, oh, yeah, was he in that? Oh, no. Lego Movie's Liam Neeson in <laughs> Schindler's List. Schindler's List. <laughs> As the dancing polka player. Oh, God. Um, so but three is good? Because I'll, I'll go. I mean, I'm definitely going to uh, Having not seen one and two, I wasn't in love with three. I, I thought it was fairly oh, just a normal movie. Wait, two-year-old and you didn't see one or two either? Well, I mean, he's seen lots of Disney movies and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it was literally like, I have three hours. I got to get this, uh, get out of the house with this kid and do something with him. <laughs> oh, a movie's playing. <laughs> Yeah, well. I'm sure he appreciates that. Although we saw, we did live, we did love Wreck It Ralph too. That was, Ooh, oh, that was really good. I loved it. There's a lot going on in that movie. Yeah, that, that was, was a good metaphor. Clearly, on like yeah. not hiding itself at all no. as far as uh, self destruction and whatever. Yeah. But I thought it worked <laughs> yeah. wonderfully. Uh, yeah, because of course kids are just like, look at them dancing around, and you're you're an adult. You're just like, Jesus Christ, this yeah. is my life on screen. You are in, your insecurities <laughs> are overtaking. Insecure. Animated movies are packing yeah. themselves with references of pop culture and jokes oh. and just they move so well, lightning you know, quick I almost have to, you gotta see uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Man oh, that is the best twice you gotta did, see him twice ooh, I, I, I haven't gone a second time but I'm like I gotta see these movies it won an again. Oscar right best yeah. animated yeah. yeah that one I did see twice with the kid yeah, yeah. Uh, so much going on it's a gr- unbelievable movie yeah that's, I, haven't se- I haven't seen it I have had zero time but I wanna see it cause it looks amazing any thoughts on the Oscars um, yeah, I mean, they were a month, uh, little, uh, a few weeks ago. Now, I, I mean, I would have loved if. Uh, I mean, was was Spider Verse for uh, no? Spider Verse wasn't for Best Picture. No, in fact, animated, ever right? since they created the animated category, and uh, the foreign language category has been around forever. But I don't think I, I, either of those films will win Best Picture. And sure enough, when yeah, yeah. Roma won foreign language, I said probably not going to win Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. not going to win both. Yeah, they've given it. The award it's going to get, and, yeah. and they'll give it to something else. Mm. Still, Green Book surprised me. I thought if they were going to give it to that, it would be, I don't know, I forget what the hell else was nominated already. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, because I would have given it to Vice. I had me. a big conversation yeah. with somebody about it, because uh, also Black Klansman was up for, uh, oh, yeah. and I, I know a lot of people actually didn't see it. It went under the radar, and I think it was a really important movie for people to see in this day and age, um, because it is about, True events that happened. Uh, I think it's in the si- late '60s, early '70s. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nixon era. I th- yeah, I think it's like '68 maybe, and um, and then it ties it in a very. Re- I won't spoil it, but it ties it in a very real way to at the end. Yeah, if you we're having a it. lot of fun with this cop story, but at the end, Spike Lee's like, "By the way, I got a closing argument for you," and it's <laughs> really and it's a punch in the face, and it really <laughs> was. And I saw it twice, and the first time I saw it, I there was three scenes where I just had tears falling down my face, and yeah. I was like. What do I do? What am I doing? I'm sitting in this theater. What can I do? What do I do? I need to fix this. I need to go outside and fix something. And uh, so one of my friends who's um, very, uh, she's uh, an Emmy winning uh, director, writer person. She's up there and she was like, I think Green Book won over something like Black Klansman because Green Book was a story. I haven't seen Green Book, but she said it was a story of hope uh, as opposed to Black Klansman, which was like, Oh God! And so, in an idealistic version of what Hollywood glitz and glamour is, at the end of the day, hopefully people want 
you know, like the thing of hope rather than the thing that depresses you. Even if one was better for this reason or or needed to be seen for this reason. And because she was very upset that Black Klansman didn't win. Um, And I was like, hey. So was Spike. So as I heard that he turned <laughs> nah, back. Not cool. But, oh, buddy. Yeah. I love him. Do the right thing. Malcolm X, I think, are masterpieces. But, it's, dude, come on. Yeah. So, they just gave you an Oscar. And, and he, but as soon as Green Book and Black Landsman won the script awards, I didn't. that's another reason I think Green Book, Green Book would win because usually they give best picture to the thing they think is artistic, and then they give right. the scripts to the movie everybody likes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's where your good fellas or your, no. you know, things like that, like Get Out, you know, won there, didn't win Best Picture. Right, right. Everybody loved Get Out. Well, yeah. we're giving it to right. whatever the hell yeah. won last year. <laughs> I mean, as a nerd, I was in the camp of I want Black Panther to win because yeah. I want any more, super, any, all the superhero in the action movies to yeah. win things because like back going back to when Return of the King won, I was like, that's no! a win for nerd culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though I don't, I, you know, I don't think Black Panther was the best movie. Even still of the three awards, MCUs, but still good yeah. awards. Yeah, yeah. As South Park pointed out, I didn't see that episode. Oh my god, where Cartman goes out and he's like, "Can we all just admit, like, it was a good movie?" But everyone's acting like they've never seen a movie before. <laughs> uh, Cartman's words, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, to me, it was the third best act superhero movie of the year. Good year for superhero movies behind Spider Verse. And Ragnarok. I know you were big on uh, in- Infinity War, but I was. I liked. It. Oh no, I was big on. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, my 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 rants on on line are usually all tongue in cheek. I love <laughs> Infinity War. Okay, love that it. was my number one movie of the year. But I was. Gonna, I would was what an achievement. I would put Ragnarok into that list. As that well. was the I, December before, so that technically was. Well, I thought it was March. Yeah, that was Black Panther was February. I know it was. Yeah. Oh my God! It's so many things happened. Yeah. So many things happened. But Marvel last doesn't year. screw around. They get everything right. I they opened Captain Marvel on International Women's yeah, Day. Yeah, they did. And they got. And it's the third. It's gonna be the. There are gonna be three more movies this year because you'll have I Endgame know. and then Spider Man. It comes back again. Far from home. I mean, I just. I'm a big fan of Marvel and what they're I doing. I love them. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Oh, hey, Gee? remember that time that I said I like Lego movie and everybody shit all over me? Uh-huh. Okay. No, we shit all over that that's how you know Liam Neeson. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone likes Lego movie. Um, so then let me ask you what we ask everybody. Oh, I also saw Captain Marvel. Anybody else see that? No, I, uh, me and my wife literally almost snuck out last night uh, and we didn't get a chance to. Uh, okay. We didn't get a babysitter in time. Uh, although retroactively, I'm glad we did not because we did not find out until this morning that daylight saving existed. And no, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. would have been an I can, I can totally recommend it. Solid Marvel entry. And it's good to see Sam Jackson back. Nick Fury's kind of been out of the storyline for yeah. a while. And he's got a huge role in this and he's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me ask you. We ask everyone who comes on the show what their favorite movie is of all time. But before mm-hmm. we get to Nate's, I want to revisit yours. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was, someone's in trouble. Previously, it was Aladdin <laughs> yes. and Hercules, yes. the animated films yes. from uh, the 90s yes. from Disney. Yes. Um, but you've, well, first of all, you've compared Les Mis and Aladdin on your social media account for. We did. For, <laughs> for, the the st- for uh, Stealing a Love of Bread. Stealing a Love of Bread. Yes. No. Um, it's a good, inciting, popular, inciting great. incident. Are you excited for the live action Aladdin? No! <laughs> How it's really complicated. I actually am very much against all of these live action versions of things. There are some things where you're like, just leave. They're talking about doing a new, um, a live action uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and of course everyone's like, what, what? I know. See your faces. I know it's a radio or a podcast thing, but like, how you're just like, oh, no, my heart. And that's how I feel about all of these animated cartoons. It's a a nostalgia grab. I know it's a nostalgia grab, and it's driving me bananas. I can't wait for it to be over. But Aladdin and Hercules are still my top two like movies but I'll go the opposite route and talk about a movie that just I I haven't sat there with fists clenched where I was like god why do I hate this so much the most hated movie it was I don't know if I I 
can't justify exactly why I hate it, but I just remember feeling so viscerally angry the whole time. So Kelly Rogers, who's also in our cast as Epinephrine, she and I, I saw... That's funny. Yep. A, um, <laughs> I, the You've heard it so up, much that you forget. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, yeah, I got what you just saying. Let the outsider tell you. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I saw Ender, or not Ender's Game. Uh, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Uh, uh, we can't the, tell the, you which movie you hate. The one we about video games. Yet. The one about video uh, games. Oh, yeah. Ready, Ready Player One. Player Ready one. Player One. Okay, so leading up to it, I, I devour audiobooks like nothing else. I'll go through probably two or three a month. And so I saw that that was coming out, and uh, my friend was like, I really like that book or whatever. And so I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to read it. And I, the whole time I was like, ah, I, I can see why people like this book. It's very 80s. Like, I remember growing up in the 80s and playing video games. I can see whose audience it was, whatever. So we went to go see the movie, like, the opening day. And I was just like... They are taking an already really shitty book and they're making it way worse. And I was so mad the whole time because it looks fucking weird. The graphics were weird. And uh, the girl sucked balls. At least in the book, she was like better than him. And she told him that. She was like, I'm better than you at this. And you wouldn't have achieved this if, if I hadn't literally let you. And that's how it ends. And I was like, yeah, what a badass bitch. Bruh. And in the movie, she's like, I think you're super cute. We can't do this without you. And I was like, that. Fucking hoe. Oh my God. So that movie was the first, and Kelly and I walked out of there and we're just like, the fucking movie, I'm so mad. So even to this day, it's been like two years later, I still have this visceral like, <laughs> it's only been one, but it Ready feels Player like two One. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, it came out like March. Like, God, it was so <laughs> mad. I didn't even love the book, but that's how mad the movie made me. I well, think the it's book's cool. always going to be better, which is why I stopped reading them, because I love uh, movies. Of uh, course, Nottingham, I'm going to read Nottingham. Well, thank that's you. Uh, I, I, would, I think that the movie of Ender's Game was way Avengers game? Avengers game? Ready Player Avengers. But I do love the book Ender's Game. You know, and, yeah. Um, but I think the movie of Ready Player One, I didn't like the movie Ready Player One. I, it was fine for nostalgia and for stuff. It was fun, whatever. I didn't think it was amazing, but I do think it was much better than the book, and that is all I am legally allowed to say. <laughs> if you were to read any of these uh, books, in two, you only had two hours to read it, it would suck. You know, yeah. like try and read Les Mis in two hours. Precisely. Not going to happen. That's but if you watch a movie in two hours, you're going to get a pretty good idea of what it's all about. Uh, Follow me on that. You're with me on that. You know you are. <laughs> so let's get to Nate. What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, so I would prefer to break them into genres because it's hard How to say. How many? So uh, let's, let's say five. Let's Cheater. Say, let's say take, take five. Because, uh, you know, if you say, like, what's like, if you have a favorite uh, like action-adventure movie and you have a favorite romance, like, how, you can't, how do you compare those two and say, well, this is better than that one? They just thought comparable. That's right? why Best Picture is weird. Because if they all made the same movie, then you could pick which one was best. Yeah. <laughs> Who made the best Green Book? Warner Brothers. So I'll go with some weird ones. So let's go romance first. Romance, and this isn't even like romance, romance, but I would go Eternal Sunshine in the Spot. Mind. Oh, one of my top five of all time. Romance yeah. through an eclectic lens. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I think that is a genius movie. And um, yeah. it's, uh, then uh, let's go one over. I'll go um, favorite comedy of all time. And this is a very little known one. It's called The Imposters. Uh, with Adrian Stan- Brody? No. no. Uh, oh, wait, I know. It's uh, Stanley Tucci, Stanley Tucci and Tucci. Campbell Scott. Uh, Ken Campbell Scott oh, and Oliver Platt and uh, Steve Buscemi and um, Billy Connolly. I never and, saw it. That was the Big Night follow-up. Uh, it was before. Uh, yes, it was after yeah. Big Night. Yeah, oh, that's it's great. So good. Oh, cool. it, it's. I think. I think I like it because it's very. Um, it's very uh, stage comedy. 
it's it's very much like it's it feels like an old farce. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely farcy. Um, not that sounds like it's farcy. the wrong language. Farcy. <laughs> um, uh, it's a, just an adorable comedy, and I think uh, I, I love every single co- every single character they do in there. It's, it's you can just tell it's a bunch of character actors mm-hmm. doing what character actors are good at doing. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, it's amazing. Uh, French neo classic. What is your take in best picture in that? Uh, I would go with <laughs> Le Petit Jean Bumblecore. What is your favorite? <laughs> Um, what else can I go with? Um, if we go, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go foreign. Um, and this may be a larger genre, but Run Lola Run will always be oh, in my top movie. Five. God, like that movie just has, like, I, I remember the first time I watched Run Lola Run. Uh, Have you I was, not seen it? Never even heard of these Ooh. words. Most people, th- most people don't know this one. Uh, I was, I was, wa- I was making a sandwich and my, <laughs> my roommates started the movie and I literally stood there with like the piece of bread in my hand the entire movie. Like just standing, watching over his an shoulder. unfinished sandwich. unfinished sandwich. Yeah. I, it, it, it's just such an electric, like let me grab you and hold you movie. This movie is an unfinished sandwich. Yes, be a new way to describe the quality of a film. <laughs> I like that. Worth five unfinished sandwiches on the score. But that could also cover your action movie. In um, a way. Uh, in action movie, I go aliens. Ooh, that's good. Plural. Yeah. As opposed to alien. Yeah. Okay. Aliens, yeah. sci-fi horror. Yeah. Yeah. Alien is sci-fi horror. Aliens. Action horror. Action. Yeah. Um, my scariest <laughs> movie, and it still haunts me to this day, Snow White, when she's running through the woods and the logs turn into alligators and the trees turn into eyes and have clawed arms. It still haunts me to this I day. I can't tell if that was a sentence or just random words that <laughs> escaped your mouth on accident. It's horrifying. Imagine being five and the parents are just like, go into the woods, forget what you just saw in Snow White. La, 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 la. And you didn't mention Will Smith as the genie. I thought for sure that would come up. I am. Do you know that he did other roles before he was in the live action? He was in Schindler's List, yeah. for one. He was in Schindler's List? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to watch that movie. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you want from me, no, I don't know. I, okay. like to, I don't think. <laughs> oh. I think Guy Ritchie, uh, this was greenlit before King Arthur came out. Because um, Guy Ritchie's strong point is not like fantasy, I don't think. Oh. I mean, because I think they need to do with him what they did with M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan went off and did the big airbender mm-hmm. after Earth. And uh, it was a. No- and it's oh. like, bring him back to what he's good at. Bring Guy Ritchie back. I bet you if Guy Ritchie made a crime drama right now in the realm of Snatch and two, Lockstock and mm. Two Smoking Barrels, it'd be awesome. Get, cook him up with Jason Blum, put the budget at 15 million. Okay, wait. Not don't now, have to do more Aladdins. You've said it. You've said it. I forgot. I totally forgot because I blocked it because it hurts my heart. It hurts my soul. Avatar: The Last Airbender. What is? Is it above is, or below Ready Player One? No, I feel like there's a rage even, cloud. It's the movie? not even like now. Ready Player One seems like a brilliant, fucking br- beautiful piece of pretty. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. So Avatar: The Last Airbender, the cartoon. Who is? Has anyone seen it? I no. don't know. Oh my god, no. it's the best. It's the best show I've ever seen. Really? Ever? I will even say. Above, I don't know. I'm I, since January first. I Game haven't. Of t- I've been binging. I know, and we love oh, Game of Thrones. I've got two episodes. There's your next puppet parody. I love Game of Thrones. No, I won't touch it. Won't I, touch uh, it. Yeah. No. I, I don't think there's anything to make fun of. Like I don't. I, I don't think that there's a line. Again, we go with, with Les Miserables. Like our our angle is is that we need to destroy things about it that don't make sense. Yeah. I don't know what I would want to attack on Game of Thrones because I because the respect no. is too high. I think. Yeah. yeah I think they that show nail is it. Unbelievable. But anyway, um, you it, like it, Airbender. So, so Game of Thrones, a brilliant piece of magisterial TV. Anyway, you like a cartoon. Shut the fuck up it's a brilliant cartoon okay because the writing is in 
immensely. It's so good because it nails things on a comedy level. The the writers and animators paid attention to all different styles of different kinds of martial arts and fighting to give each type of bending its own style. Like on camera, the fights are amazing and beautiful, and each person has their own style of fighting and their own specialized weapon. And the archetype story, it, it's just so good. And then they nail things on a comedic level, and then they break your heart a handful of times. And the best thing for me is that just like in Game of Thrones, zero of the women suck. All of the women on Avatar The Last Airbender, just like in Game of Thrones, fucking kill it. And in Avatar, there's the Fire Lord, and he's like the villain, but the scariest villain is actually his daughter. She's like the fight that everyone's like, oh, I don't even care about the main fight. I don't want to watch that girl fight. So when Shyamalan vomited out... That movie, that an excuse of a movie. Oh God! And I was in, so I went to the midnight premiere with the other nerds. Went to the midnight premiere. We're all dressed up. This is again in the age of like Harry Potter, where people are like we're going to midnight premiere. So dressed up. Oh, do, I used to do, go do, to do, lots do, of midnights. Yeah. Wow. And so the audience was full. Everyone's buzzing. It's da 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 da. We're eight seconds into the film. Voiceover from Katara goes, "Oh, we found the boy in the iceberg. His name was Ong. His name's supposed to be Ang." And ev- you felt everyone in the audience go, oh. Oh, no. and you felt it. And when the lights came back on, everyone. Everyone was sitting there, and I've never heard such a loud, silent buzzing in my life. Literally, could it was like in a room of angry bees. It really was, because nobody moved, nobody left. Everyone was like, I'm going to sit here and hate fuck watch this goddamn show. I, had, I know that feeling. Yeah. It, it, it happened with me after Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal oh, Skull. Oh, okay. no. Number one movie of all time, Raiders. Worst movie I've ever seen, Crystal Skull. <laughs> That's that the is... laziest. And when that was over, I, I, I sat there, I'm like, I don't... What do I do? How do I go home? How do I pretend to watch movies? That was a hard <laughs> was night. Like, that was a hard. I night. oh yeah, there I have a lot on that list. Then of the <laughs> the nights of your like the anticipation versus the payoff. Uh. <laughs> I, uh, like I, w- I, I directed uh, at the Maverick again, um, a, a, a production of The Hobbits, where we, we did uh, a, a fairly oh. faithful adaptation of the of the actual. You novel. guys think big there? They're currently doing King Kong, right? I know, yeah, yeah very much so. We, we like we like big movies, and so that cast ended up becoming like as tight knit as like you know as like the guys who played the Fellowship in the, in the movies were, right? So we as a cast went to go see The Hobbit oh, when no. Peter Jackson's first one came out. And I just remember afterwards the credits oh, rolling and hurt. all fourteen of us just looking at each other like, "What Why? happened?" I, I think that's <laughs> How exactly. How someone mess it up so bad? We all felt it though. The whole Lord of the Rings fandom was like, "Wow!" And he spent years on the first ones. He obviously loved him. It was practical effects. It was amazing. And then after the Hobbit, and did you guys see that viral video that went around of uh, Sir Ian McKellen like? just kind of having the, not a breakdown, but it was because he was doing that scene and it was him and a bunch of tennis balls and he like got up and left and was like, I am not an actor to act opposite of tennis balls because he was so sick of CGI in those movies because hmm. he had just come from Lord of the Rings where they were like, we don't care what it costs, we're doing practical effects because it fucking looks better. Where they even made like those tables that were all weird to keep the visual perspective. Oh, great. It was amazing. That's me with uh, Indiana Jones. I will fly you to Tunisia. Yeah. Get dysentery. Make it real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't want to wish dysentery on you, but go get it. But like, go get I was, it. It's I better w- than the studio you shot off those scenes in the, that are supposedly the in the desert. Yeah. They're not. So I I think the whole world agreed with you guys on the Hobbit films where we're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, why? My biggest, I mean, I, I could talk for hours on this, but I think my biggest, my my first giant red flag on the Hobbit ones was it, after they leave the Shire and they're traveling and the two mountains. Mountains! Fight. 
mine too! Oh and the my what? god! The two, the two mountains fight. <laughs> and so in the novel, in the novel, it's, uh, it describes this thunderstorm and it describes them basically as a metaphor as if like the, the the mountains themselves were fighting. Yeah, it said the the thunder sounded like the mountains. Yeah, it was literally a line. Yeah, a line. And so they chose to turn that into in the movie literal mountains standing up and destroying each other. And, and they spent so but, much money. But on. for me, the problem is that if you exist in a world in which it is possible for mountains to stand up and fight, and that is not a unusual thing for you to witness, then nothing else in the movie is ever terrifying. Nothing yeah. like not the, even. Like the those, dragon. Those, those mountains could have destroyed the Balrog from the first one. But yeah. remember when the Balrog showed up in Fellowship? That was the most horrifying Sheet. thing anyone had ever imagined yeah. before. But now these hobbits, oh, did you know that you live within five minutes walk <laughs> of mountains that get up and just clobber each other? Like, yep. like it destroyed I, any sense of gravity that I hate the movie to, could have given. Well, yeah. I don't hate to, but I will now compare the Hobbit trilogy uh, to... Transformers. Okay. Because wasn't the second movie where like a Transformer was sort of disguised as a person and then they let it go. Like the, like a Transformer like something came out of the person's mouth and you realized it was per- and like why do we we need to do three movies about how now they're they're among us. Yeah. And they just dropped all that yeah. and went on to do their movie. Yeah. It's like you can't introduce that that big switch yeah. in the world and then let it go. Oh my god, that's exactly how I feel about the third Harry Potter movie when Harry's under his blanket and he's singing Loomis and they're like, I bet you this will look super fucking cool. And we're all like, what just happened in the second one, literally right before, when Dobby did a spell in the house and Harry almost got kicked out of fucking school, but now he's just allowed to do Loomis at the Dursley's house? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How do you everybody. feel about Fantastic Beasts? Shut up. <laughs> Let's not. Ugh. That's a whole other show. It's a whole other show. Yeah, I could go on for years about show. that. And this show, though, however, uh, is pretty much uh, coming to an end, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Okay. That's the end of our talk. Oh, God, come see Les Mis and buy Nottingham on, on the book. Uh, do we play our websites? Is that what we do? Les Mis and Friends. Now, you were also goofing about how everybody misspells Les Mis on, on one of your uh, oh. social oh, yeah. posts. Yeah. yeah. And there's a big debate, online debate. Is it MIS or MIZ? M-I-Z. Did you put a little accent on your E because Victor Hugo did? <laughs> Um, oh, for greatest. Uh, no, in John Vier. Oh, uh, yeah. When I grew up, I when I came out of the womb, and I was like, Victor Hugo! <laughs> <laughs> I want to be just like him. Les Mis and Friends, L-E-S-M-I-Z, and friends.com. Social is uh, Les Mis AF. That's at Twitter and Instagram, and Les Mis and Friends no. is your Facebook. Les Mis and Friends is Instagram. Oh, Les Mis and Friends. Sorry. Yes. Twitter is uh, the only one that's Les Mis as fuck. That's right. And your phone number for the Hudson Theater is 323-960-7784. I don't know if it's the number for the theater, but it's the number for the tickets. Correct. Yes. And you can go to the Friend Zone if you want to sit yeah. up close and get yes, the best correct. seats and arrive uh, just before Diamond not have to jockey yeah. for position. Yeah, and they get a, a couple of like surprises and goodies. Yeah. That sounds, like, it's ter- that sounds terrifying. You get things like swag. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and for us here at the Movie Guys, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Movie Guys, Facebook.com slash the Movie Guys, YouTube, Instagram, all that nonsense for daily jokes, articles, media, links, and more. Thanks to G and Nate. Thank you, Paul. Thank oh, you very we much. Cla- nope. Uh, just me. Just me. And it's everything you can find everything we're up to at the Movie Guys.net. Thanks, guys. Wee. <laughs>